Want to be confident when talking about yourself and explaining what you do? Join my free 21-day confidence building course. You'll learn how to construct a personal elevator pitch, learn how to not be awkward in social situations, how to have awesome conversations, among other important skills to help you crush life. Best of all, it's free. Sign up now at freeconfidencecourse.com. From the C Method, my name is Christina Cantors, and this is Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you communicate with confidence and clarity so you can get what you want in business and in life. To subscribe to the show and download the back catalogue, go to thecmethod.com slash podcast. Hey guys, it's Christina here bringing you episode 32. Now, remember last week when I mentioned that I won a major prize in the RMIT business plan competition? Well, in this episode, I'm sharing with you the experience that I had with the pitch, which, and the pitch was the third and final round of the competition. Now, I've given lots of speeches and talks before, but this presentation had the highest stakes of any presentation I'd ever given. I mean, if I mess this up, there would go my chances of winning thousands of dollars as well as the accolades that went along with it. And if I killed it, well, who knows of what awesome opportunities would come from it. So, of course, there was a lot of pressure riding on this pitch, not to mention the fact that I was pitching my business and myself as a public speaking coach and trainer. My pitch was essentially a demonstration of my product, so no pressure at all. Anyway, today I want to share with you how I wrote my pitch, how I delivered it, and what I did beforehand to calm my nerves, to be confident, and to kick us. So if you have a really important presentation coming up, you might want to listen till the end to pick up some tips there that I applied myself and I found really worked for me. So I don't know if you've ever had to pitch your own business before, but this was my first time and I was concerned with what do I actually say? The content, you know, I had 10 minutes and this wasn't a traditional pitch where I was asking for funding because I didn't actually need funding because my business has been up and running already. So what I did was I had to get a clear goal in my mind. And this is important for any presentation, by the way. In order to help me pick the content, I had to come up with a clear objective. What was I trying to achieve? What did I want the judging panel to walk away with at the end of my 10 minutes? So I wrote down a goal. To convince the judges my business is viable and that there is a pressing need for the products and services I offer. That's the goal. I figured if I achieved my goal, they would score me highly and want to award me a prize, right? Yeah, that's what I figured. So as I wrote my pitch, I made sure that every single thing that I said related back to this goal. And if it didn't, then I cut it out. Simple as that. So I had everything written down, but I was still struggling with how to order all of it into a nice, coherent story. Luckily, RMIT ran some workshops to help us, the finalists, with our pitches. And I went to one, but I didn't really prep anything. And I just went up there and I winged it. And the feedback that I got from the facilitator was, more business pitch, less motivational speech. I was like, oh, that's what happens when you spend too much time at a Tony Robbins seminar. In my mind, this was getting more and more difficult. But then Mark, the facilitator, shared something that really helped. He said, to make your pitch flow, answer any likely questions the judges may be asking themselves and then use that to craft the next section. For example, if you start with, the problem we are solving is, the question likely to follow is, yeah, okay, that's a problem. 
wonder what the solution is. And then you say, our solution is, and then the question that comes from that would be, okay, seems reasonable. I wonder how it works. And then you go, here's a video slash screenshot slash example of how it works. And then the question is, nice, I wonder what stage they're at. And then you say, we launched six months ago and now we have 5,000 customers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he said that if you manage to do this, it will seem like you're reading the judges' minds and that this will really impress them. And for me, this really helped. Now, the next piece of advice I got was from Calvin Coyles, who I interviewed on the podcast last last episode. He said, you've got to shock them if you want to stand out. He suggested that I start my pitch by pretending to play on my phone and then lead into the argument that social media is having a negative impact on young people's ability to communicate. Initially, I resisted, but then he said, do you want to win or not? So I decided to take the risk and I added it in. Okay, so I'm going to share the final pitch with you now. Of course, there are no slides for you to see, but I'll add in some extra bits so that you know what's going on. The whole pitch goes for 10 minutes, and then after the pitch, I'll share with you the five things that I did to make the whole experience less stressful, more enjoyable, and ultimately successful. So I walk into a large, bright room on level 23 of the Ernst & Young building in downtown Melbourne. There are four judges, with another four people who were involved in the competition, dotted around the room. Marcus Powell, who oversaw the whole competition, introduced me to the judges. Hi, I'm Christina, I said to each one, as I shook their hand, firmly, of course, and handed them my business card, which is the shape and design of my podcast artwork. I figured, at least after today, I might have four new podcast subscribers. Hmm. Anyway, I stood up at the front, my slides were ready to go, and Marcus gave me the thumbs up. I took a moment to pause, smiled at the judges, and began. Did you know that people under the age of 35 spend on average four hours a day on social media? Oh, hang on, sorry. Someone just commented on my Facebook post. Just just one second. Yeah, just, just hang on one second. And then I stop, and then I look at them. And I say, how does it feel when you're trying to have a conversation with someone, but they are constantly distracted by one of these? I hold up my smartphone. This represents the culture that we are now living in. People are increasingly replacing face-to-face interactions with online interactions, and it's happening most with my generation, Generation Y. And the problem with this? It's killing our ability to communicate. And when someone lacks the ability to communicate with other people face-to-face, it ultimately prevents them from achieving the success that they want. Poor communication ability holds us back from speaking up even when we have ideas to share. It holds us back from teaching, influencing and motivating others. And it holds us back from networking and building new relationships beneficial to us and others. I mean, take all of you, for example. I'm talking about the judges. You wouldn't have gotten to where you are in business today without exceptional communication skills. And the reason I'm even here speaking with you is a perfect example of how important it is. This is how business is done face-to-face. It's how relationships are built and deals are made. Communication is the one skill that sets us up for success, yet it is chronically overlooked. As Paul Meyer said, 
Communication, the human connection, is the key to personal and career success. My name is Christina Cantors, and I'm the founder of The C Method, a training business that helps people, specifically people aged 25 to 35, communicate more effectively. Today, I'd like to share with you why I started The C Method, what the business model is, and how it works. I'm not asking for funding. Rather, I would very much appreciate any feedback on how I may improve my business model for its greatest chance of success. So I didn't start the C method to start a business, to be honest. It really started as a passion project. Now, as an architect, I saw that being technically good doesn't make you successful. You need to be able to speak and communicate well. And I soon discovered through research and speaking to others that this also applies to most industries. I believe that communication skills can be learned, just like any other skill, and I show people how in a way that is practical to implement, simple to follow, and most importantly, fun. So I channeled my creativity into creating educational and entertaining content through a YouTube video channel and a podcast, which is an on-demand audio show. I've been building a strong online following over the last couple of years, and I launched the C Method in January this year. To date, I have almost 68,000 views on YouTube and over 36,000 podcast downloads. Interviewing business leaders like Janine Alice on the show also helps to build my business network. The business is run on a freemium model, meaning I create free content through the podcast, videos and blogs, and email marketing. And if people want to go deeper into the material, the C Method offers further training programs. The product model is based on selling next-level products to existing customers. Products take the form of both live training and online training. This is how the model applies to live training programs. So I have a slide that demonstrates this. Low-priced evening workshops to a weekend course to a personalized coaching program. Projected conversion rates are based on industry standards for live events. The benefit of this model is that I only need to bring on average 32 people to the live workshops to hit my first year targets. 32 people out of a total potential market of over 450,000 people in Melbourne. I am confident that hitting these targets is possible. The same model applies to online training products. For example, a low priced ebook to an ebook slash audiobook bundle to an online video course. The benefit of online products is that they are infinitely scalable. They are created once and no further cost is required to maintain them. This is one way the C method will scale up. In terms of the organization, I'm the creator and the facilitator of the programs, and I have a strong support team who helps me with live events, marketing, administration, finance, and technical tasks. Initially, the support team will work on a casual contract basis, and as the business grows, it's the support team's role will also grow. In terms of competitors, there are a number of competitors in the communication skills training space, which I actually think is great because it shows there's demand. However, the majority of the facilitators are mostly middle-aged, mostly male, and have a very corporate image. And they sell themselves on their long track record and many years of experience, which is undoubtedly a huge strength. Now, the opportunity I see here is that no one is currently specifically targeting a younger demographic through creating a message that is relatable and relevant to them. I show people that you don't need to have decades of experience to present well or to learn confidence. And to prove that what I do works, I test it myself, and then I document the lessons I learned through my online content. 
Here's a picture of me busking on DeGrave Street. Now, the goal of this was not to make money, although I did make a little bit. It was to demonstrate to my audience that you can achieve things that you never thought possible when you get out of your comfort zone. And I show them that being able to speak and communicate well is exactly the same. To date, I've spoken at universities and conferences around Australia and in America. I've coached business owners and professionals and have facilitated workshops on topics including public speaking, networking, rapport building, and creativity. This slide here shows the projected revenues for years one, two, and three. And these are based on the assumption that sales targets and, con and conversion rates are met. Final slide. I thank you for the opportunity to share my vision with you today. Helping people to reach their full potential so that they can stand out, get noticed, and make their impact on the world is something I feel incredibly blessed to be doing every single day. I hope that you can also see how the C method can benefit young people, and I would appreciate your feedback on this presentation and how I may improve my business model for its future success. Boom. So that was my pitch. And at the end, they, they asked me a few questions about the business, which was cool. I held it together, answered them, which I was really happy about because answering the questions was like worth 30% of the total pitch mark. So that was really cool. Anyway, that was my pitch. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> now you, you probably know a little bit more about my business. <laughs> so overall, I was really happy with how my pitch went. I think I did the best job I possibly could with the time that I had to prepare and with the amount of preparation I did. So I was really happy with that. And frankly, I actually did a lot of things beforehand that really helped to calm my nerves. And I'm going to share them with you today. And you can use these to, and you can apply these to any presentation that you're doing, especially the, the ones that are high stakes, just like this pitch was for me. Okay. So tip number one, get a good sleep. Now, I know this seems obvious, but I cannot stress it enough. Now, I'd spent the weekend pr prior to my pitch at, at doing leadership mastery with Young and Wildly Successful, and I hadn't been getting much sleep. So I said to the guys, I have to leave early Sunday night because I've got to do this pitch tomorrow. And I made sure that I got a good, I think it was like nine hours sleep I got. So sleeping is is just one of the best things you can do to prep for your presentation. So number one, get a good sleep. Number two, now, once you've got your content written down, practice your intro and outro over and over again, and preferably with someone else in the room. Now, it feels stupid, but it helps. So I got a couple of friends together. I'm like, hey, can I practice with you? And I just did the start over and over and over again because like, I kept messing it up and I kept forgetting what the next bit was. So I just practiced that first bit over and I knew that once I got started, I'd be fine because the, the slides would be there to prompt me. But the, you know, it's so important that you capture your audience in the first 10 seconds. You've got to capture their attention and you've got to do that first bit flawlessly. So that's why I put so much emphasis on practicing the beginning. And then it's also really important to finish strong because that's the, what they're going to remember of your presentation, you know, how you wrapped up. If you, if you fumble and mumble and go, yeah, and, um, uh, and that, that's it. You know, that's a really weak ending. So if anything, just practice saying your intro and outro over and over again and do it on the day as well. So by the time you get in there, it just rolls off your tongue. It just feels natural. Yeah. So that's tip number two. Tip number three for eliminating your nerves, go to the bathroom and power pose. Seriously, I went into the bathroom. This is in Ernst & Young in the 
corporate building, went to the bathroom, made sure there was no one there. And I stood in front of the full length mirror and I stood like Wonder Woman and I held that pose and I put my arms up in the air like, like Superman. And I just stayed there for a good two minutes. And then I did some like boxing moves and I looked at myself in the mirror and I sort of pretended to like punch myself. You know what I mean? Like spar with myself. And, and I fired my anchor and I told myself, you are a rock star. And I just jumped around and I just got my energy up. So, so when I went into the room, I was high energy. I was feeling really good. And it was from the moment I entered the building, really, I just made sure I had high energy. So try this. Say to yourself, I'm excited. You know, turn that nervous energy. Don't tell yourself how nervous you are. Just say to yourself, I'm so pumped. I'm so excited for this. This is going to be awesome. And those words are going to reiterate into your brain and they're going to make your, make you feel like, Yes, you are excited. You're not nervous. You're pumped up. You're powerful. You're strong. And you're going to go in there and you're going to kick ass. Okay, tip number four. Practice deep diaphragm breathing. Oh my goodness. Can you hear that rain? It's just pouring outside. Wow, that's crazy. Okay. Deep breathing. Okay, so deep breathing is something that I practice all the time. It just calms my nerves. You know when you're running, like you go for a sprint and you breathe through your chest? So if you put your hand on your chest and breathe so that your chest lifts up and down, that's the type of that's the type of breath that we use when we're running away from something and we're really stressed. And that does not help to calm us down. Whereas when we breathe through our tummies, through our diaphragms, that's the type of breathing that we should naturally do when we're asleep. And you know when you see babies sleeping and their bellies rise up and down and they're so peaceful and relaxed? That's how you should be. So what you can do is put your hands on your belly and take deep breaths in and out. And just count to 10. Now after, um, actually after I did the pitch, I came out and the team who were going in after me, they asked how I went. I said, man, they were brutal. And they were like, what? They gave me this look. I thought I'd just play some mind games. And then after that, I felt really bad. So I, I said, okay, look, guys, if you're nervous here, and I showed them some the breathing techniques. And then afterwards, they messaged me and said, thanks so much for your, for your help. It really, really helped. And I was like, damn, I think I might have shot myself in the foot there. I hope they don't win. <laughs> uh, dear. Anyway, the fifth and final tip is to be performance ready all the time. I actually got the term performance ready from my friend Karen Jacobson, who I who actually does the voice of GPSs all over the world. I interviewed her on my last podcast, and she talks about being performance ready. And I believe that the best way to prepare for an important presentation or speech is to just do lots of presentations and speeches all the time. So you know I go to Toastmasters, right? Now, with the Toastmaster speeches, there's no pressure. It's just a five-minute speech, and the feedback you get is hardly critical. But what I like about it is just the practice time that you get. So when you're used to just getting up and speaking, getting up and speaking, getting up and speaking, the whole act of getting up and speaking just becomes normal, and it actually removes that anxiety that you have about standing, like simply standing in front of a group and having people look at you. And when you can remove that anxiety, you can then focus on the stuff that actually matters like delivering your presentation in an engaging way and paying attention to the audience. And doing this can be really difficult when you're just so freaked out about simply standing there in the first place. 
So this is why I'm always encouraging you to just go do things in your day-to-day life. Just practice speaking. Just speak to anyone. It doesn't have to be a speech as such. Just practice getting up and speaking. And the more and more you practice that, the easier it'll be to just get up and speak. And then when you're more comfortable with that, then you can focus on what you're saying and how you say it and actually showing the audience a really good time instead of worrying about yourself. Okay. Does that make sense? So I'll quickly just go through those five tips again. Number one is to get a good night's sleep. Number two is to practice your intro and outro over and over again. Number three, go to the bathroom and power pose in front of the mirror, box with yourself, tell yourself that you are bloody amazing. Number four, practice deep diaphragm breathing, nice and slow. And number five, just speak all the time whenever you can so that you're ready when that high-pressure presentation comes up. And that wraps up episode 32. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got value out of this episode. And, and it's, and it's also really nice for me to actually be able to share more about my business with you. And, and you can be sure that those live training and e-products are going to be up really, really soon. I'm, I'm going to be launching some things before the end of the year, which I'm really excited about. I'm not going to share too much with you now, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. So I'll be sharing more about that with you in future episodes. Anyway, if you want to learn more about how to be confident and be able to speak, not necessarily doing a pitch, but speaking in front of other people and talking about yourself and sharing what you believe in and what you like doing, then why don't you join my 21-day confidence building course, like I mentioned at the top of the episode. Join hundreds of other people who have also gone through the course and have learned how to talk about themselves with confidence and without sounding like an arrogant douchebag, because no one likes an arrogant douchebag. It's 21 days, 21 lessons, totally free, too easy. Sign up at freeconfidencecourse.com. Thanks again for tuning in. It really means a lot to me and thank you for all your positive feedback. It really, it's really what keeps me doing it. So thank you. You guys rock. Keep on being awesome and I will see you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. That was Whatever by Oasis. Cause I'm free.